Supporting the military is something that's always very important to me. People wanted to ask me how my, my child wants to be a catcher. What do I tell them? I said, catch every ball. And in life, isn't that the way it is? I spent two years in the service, and I was proud to be part of it. I wore that uniform with a pride and dignity, just like I wore the Dodger uniform with great character and love. The greatest name in the history of the Cleveland Indians franchise, Mr. Bob Feller. Today, we are excited to have on Ms. Charlinda Scales, CEO of Mutt's Sauce and partner of the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation. She's originally from Tennessee and served 11 years active duty in the Air Force. Upon her grandfather passing away, she received his recipe for his special sauce and decided to start Mutt's Sauce LLC, which led her to win the Bob Evans Heroes to CEO competition. Charlinda, thank you for joining us today on the American Valor Podcast. We're so glad to have you on. Uh, if you would, tell us a little bit about more about yourself and the start of Mutt's Sauce. Sure, absolutely. And thank you for having me, guys. Um, well, yeah, I'm from Tennessee originally, born and raised. Uh, I'm a fourth generation veteran. The origin of the story of Mutt Sauce is about my grandfather. His name was Charlie Farrell. Uh, he was in the Korean Vietnam War as an Air Force uh, aircraft mechanic. His call sign was Mutt. They said he had the ability to blend in anywhere. That's kind of true to his personality, a very adaptive person. Uh, and I grew up with him, actually. I, I lived in Cookville, Tennessee with my, my mom, and we lived with my grandparents and my aunt and her two boys in a little country home. So it was a very uh, humble beginning, I guess I would say, living out in the countryside, but I loved it. Uh, yeah, so it was. He was the one who came up with the sauce. The sauce had been in my family since 1956, and he just he always wanted to have something that made uh, his meals easier that he could use all the time because he thought people were wasteful with condiments. And once he came up with it, we we ate it. My mom and her siblings ate it. Um, growing up, I, me and my cousins, we ate it. It was just like the main staple in the in the house. So. Um, very shocked when I reached adulthood. I had graduated from Clemson, gone into the military, and found out after eight years of him being passed on that I inherited the only copy of this recipe. So um, I just thought it was significant. I figured I would do something for friends and family. So I reached out to uh, some nonprofits and to figure out how to how to bottle it. And I ended up starting the company Mutt Sauce in his namesake uh, and, and bottled the sauce. And so that's what I've been doing since 2013. So why do you think that your grandfather decided to leave you the family recipe? That is the, the mystery of mysteries, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's what keeps me humble though. Cause I know I, I tell people I wasn't smart enough or creative enough to come up with a sauce like that. That was his passion and his ingenuity um, to solve a problem. Uh, I really enjoyed my, my walks with him. I used to walk with him in the mornings. We would like just take a walk through the countryside and he would talk to me about his experience in life, just downloading memories. 
you know, it wasn't therapy back then. There we weren't therapists and stuff for Vietnam vets and PTSD programs and all this wonderful stuff that we now have as veterans. So I got a lot of it, you know, um, if anything, if I could guess, I would say we spent a lot of time together when I was younger and I had to work for everything. I never understood why I was treated different from my cousins or any of the other um, young relatives, but I didn't get an allowance. And if, if I did get one, whatever I got, it, it came with a chore or a task. It wasn't just like here, you know, you're nice. <laughs> Here's an allowance. It was, you know, I'll pay you for your grades. Um, only A's and B's, um, chores out in the field with my, you know, like picking blackberries and stuff for my grandmother, just like a, a work, you had to work. And, uh, I would say there was a marked difference. Not that, that, not that my cousins didn't get stuff, but, um, I was, I guess the only one when he passed, I, I, I didn't expect anything. I, I saw some people having disagreements over did he leave this did he leave that I was happy with what I had while he was alive that's awesome uh how big of an influence did he have on your decision to join the air force everything um our our family is so military heavy that that's the main conversation at you know when you're turning 18 it's what branch of the military are you going into not like so much what college are you going to so I fought to go to college I was like I want to go to school um but I also wanted to play sports specifically run track or play soccer I wanted to go to Clemson their women's soccer team was like the best the year that I was looking and I tore my ACL first game senior year and all my hopes and dreams of playing sports in college like disappeared overnight my uh, cousin, Dewan, he's uh, three or four years older than me. Um, he was the first one to step up. You know, I have so much respect for him. He joined the Marines. Uh, he got out there. He got hurt after basic and had to come home. He got medically disqualified. And it was really crazy. You know, no fault of my grandpa's. It was just his, that was his thinking back then. We were like, okay, well, Dewan, he rose his hand. He went out there. He did his best. He's like, who's next? We're like, what are you talking about? Like, every generation has a service member. He's my generation. He's checked the box. And my granddad said, no, he didn't retire, though. <laughs> and we're just looking at him. Like, my, me and my cousin Carlos, we were, like, the only ones left of, you know, a, age to go in. And I'm like, I'm, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I want to. Come on, Carlos was, you know, Carlos wanted, he's a really smart guy. He just wanted to have a regular experience. So I, I ended up uh, inadvertently signing a ROTC scholarship package that I didn't realize had gotten approved and I got a full ride to any college of my choice. Um, so, so much of a surprise that my mom and I went to the award ceremony and still did not know why we were there. They were like, you got the full ride, and um, they said you can, you know, go into the Air Force. Uh, you have to go into the Air Force after college. And I said, well, I'm going to go go to college, but you know, to check the box of my family, I will go into the Air Force 
Uh, my grandfather did it for over 24 years and I, I trust him. So that's what I did. And he was the first person to salute me when I commissioned. So it sounds like the Air Force wasn't really on your mind um, of your career goals when you were going into college. No, so I, yeah. <laughs> I was a jock. <laughs> but you ended up in the Air Force, and I'm sure that taught you a lot of valuable lessons and life skills. Um, what did you learn from the Air Force that helped you start Mutt Sauce? Mm. There's a lot of things that translate from the military into entrepreneurship, and now I just tell people to be mindful of those things. It's hard even when you're in the military to, for some people to realize exactly the advantage that they have. Um, I was an acquisitions officer, acquisitions program manager. Uh, We deal with cost schedule performance. We're developing capabilities for the warfighter. Uh, I worked on pretty much every platform out there from nuclear weapons uh, storage protection to security forces projects, fighter bomb racks, small arms, C-130s. Oh, gosh, I worked on everything. And you're out there with these professionals. Say, for instance, the C-130 center wing replacement, I was working this this program. It was like a $1.1 billion program for AMC Air Mobility Command. The center wings are the direct center part of the a C-130 that helps keep the wings on and they were cracking from fatigue and um, extreme cracking of a center wing can cause the wings to fall off in mid-flight and imagine how scary that is. So at the time I was in my 20s, I think I was like 20, 23, 24 and that was a big program and I was trying to keep up because it was a high-speed team. And they said, well, you have to multitask as a program manager so that was first skill you know uh they tell you to listen to people who've been in the game longer than you you need to do that as an entrepreneur keep your mouth closed and your ears open when you're just getting started and uh then they told me this side project that i was working was called the military airborne firefighting system which was a they call roll on roll off technology so you can roll it on to the back of a c-130 and roll it off when you're done and it was to help fight surge uh surge um forest fires and they were going through testing at the time uh of a new technology that they have upgraded this tank that has the retardant so if you guys have ever seen uh the the aircraft where it's in the air and it's flying around a fire and the the retardant is like red have you guys seen that yes that's that's maths. That's what that technology is. It's the tank with the red stuff in it, with the red retardant. So um, they were trying to test a new tank that was out in California, and I was leading the effort on that. Really low-key. It takes a long time. Uh, you want to be very thorough before you stick a pilot and a crew in there. A whole lot of stuff can go bad. So translating to entrepreneurship you need to be cool under fire things are not always going to go according to plan um i remember one of my teammates cracking a joke that you really don't need this program unless california or something burns to the ground you know something burns to the ground and next thing i know there's something on the news about this california wildfire and i said well you know there's the u.s forest service and uh It was an email that was taped to my desktop with a note that said, go see the commander as soon as you get in. And I was walking into work and I went to the commander's office and he said, 
The president of the United States has asked for federal support for this wildland forest fire. They can't put it out themselves. Governor Schwarzenegger has asked for support. You're one of the only people who has a forest service program. And I sat there like, are you freaking kidding me? Um, what? (laughs) 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 I'm in my twenties, right? You know, I go home for, for holidays and, you know, I, there's, it's, it's a deep difference between what I was asked to do at that age and what my friends and I were talking about them doing at home. Uh, I'm like, I got I really was thinking, I just got asked to save California. This is crazy. I'm 24. Okay. So now, like when stuff happens in my company, if anything goes wrong or not according to plan and people freak out, I don't, I have no freak out factor. Like, all the freak out has been taking out of my body. Like I, it doesn't exist because I probably left it between somewhere between the 10 years of my service. Yeah. It definitely sounds like your service prepared you for any hiccups that might happen in the entre- entrepreneurship uh, process. Yeah, so- it was, uh, it was crazy. It just, you know, another thing is you got to stay humble and humility is something my grandfather taught me when I was younger. He used to say, you know, humility will take you farther than money. So a lot of the skills that will take you far in entrepreneurship are not the tangible ones. It's the intangible ones that teach you about humility and service before self and excellence in all we do. Like those values that they place in us, those are the things that get deals done. Those are the things that will help you in a negotiation. I mean, I I don't think I've ever walked into someone where it's like, hey, you know, I need a whole bunch of money. It's like, Hey, I really need to cultivate this relationship with you and um, show a little bit of humility and gratitude for the help that you've given me. And then doors just start opening and it just, it's really crazy. Um, I think recently, um, March, March the 6th, I think it was Damon John releases book power shift. And I cried opening the book and reading about how in different ways he felt like he looked up to me. I still, to hear that, it sounds kind of crazy, <laughs> you know? but there was no money. I've, I've never gotten money from Damon John. I've never given money to Damon John. We've never even done business together uh, in that way, but we've interacted with each other through Bob Evans and just had conversations and, um, the things that he had to teach being a mentor for Bob Evans. Those are the things where I, I remember being a young airman and hearing my, my first supervisor who was a crusty old chief saying, you know, keep your mouth shut keep your ears open. You might learn something. So yeah, it all, it all translate. If it translates, if you pay attention. Yeah. I was going to say, you mentioned something about, uh, you know, keeping your mouth closed and ears open earlier. And it made me think about what kind of an impact has Damon had on your uh, learning in this learning curve in this business? Um, huge, actually. You know, in, in the book, I did talk about how he influenced me longer than he thought he did. Because when I was six months old, when Mutt Sauce was six months old, actually made it to Hollywood to Shark Tank. No one's ever seen an episode because my episode didn't air. But the fact that I got that far, I realized like, wow, you know, you have to beat a lot of people to get 
in this in this room and all i was thinking in my goal sheet it said you know i hope that damon's there who you have to keep a shark in mind that you would pitch to and he was raised by a single mother who worked really hard she gave everything she she um took money out of her the value of her house to give to him to start his business she believed in him and i was learning about his journey as an entrepreneur and i said that that was my granddad even though he didn't give me money to start Muttos. He gave something to me and just said, I believe in you. And it's so powerful when someone who loves you and is close to you uh, just puts it all on the line, not knowing if you're going to make it or not, but they just believe you will. And so I connected with that. Um, I connected with him growing up the projects because my mom, she was, she wanted to be independent. So she left with me uh we left when i was four from the house and we moved to the projects and i didn't know i was a project kid till i got to elementary school and kids are like you're poor i'm like i don't feel poor i don't i don't know am i supposed to be ashamed because i love my life you know it's really hard going into elementary school and kids trying to make you feel bad for your for the way you're living because my mom did everything to make sure that i didn't feel like i was lacking in life i didn't feel like i was deprived of anything and um all those things i felt symmetry with his life and i got to shark tank and he wasn't there and my whole heart sank i'm like oh my god i don't know how this is gonna go i think it really was like a punch to my my confidence and i it was like blood in the water you know i felt like they could tell that there was something I wasn't quite confident about. And the other thing was that I was still active duty. I was the first active duty Air Force person to go on Shark Tank. Now there's a lot of reservists and guards people that they have on the show, but I was the first one who was still active duty. And when you're active duty, the Air Force in the military is in charge of your life. Their number one rule, they said, was do not go on TV and quit your job. Your number one priority is the military. This is a hobby. Now, if you tell a shark that you're there, you came all that way, and this is not your priority, <laughs> and this is a hobby, uh, you're not going to get a deal. You're just not. And I was trying to avoid the conversation at all costs. I was wearing civvy, so I was like, if I can just get through this whole thing without talking about being active duty, and then Mr. Wonderful had said, you know, what are your priorities? Like, I'm pretty sure you could make a lot of ground. You don't have any other um, commitments. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, Damon would understand if Damon was here. He would know because he worked at Red Lobster. He worked a full-time job. He knew that he had to grind and keep his job until he could do it full-time. So I told him, I was like, no, it's not right now but at some point and yeah that was the nail in the coffin they all went in and it was imagine meeting him in two what was that 2013 imagine meeting him uh finding out that he is the free mentor for winning bob evans and they stick you in a room within landing the first day in new york and you're sitting in the room they just stick you in a room in a chair next to him and he looks at you and says, what do you want to know? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, te teach me everything. I want like, to know it all. <laughs> I want to know everything. I want to know all the things. I want to just hardwire. Let's just take a 
take a cord and stick it from your brain to mine. Like I had so many questions for a minute. We just kind of stared at each other. And uh, I said, this is so surreal that I just want to say thank you. Um, I'm just grateful that you would take the time to pass along anything to us. And uh, he, he spoke about how he always wanted to be in the military. Like that was his one regret was that he didn't um, get to serve. And so he's doing everything that he can now as a, a person with influence to help veterans and help veteran entrepreneurs. So I was just grateful. I just kept telling him how grateful I was. And um, I learned that he was looking for, uh, what do they call it? Um, brand ambassadors. They was looking for brand ambassadors for his last book called Rise and Grind. And I just, what do they call it? The kids call it shoot my shot. I just I went to shoot my shot at his manager who was sitting in the corner. I was like, wouldn't it be great if one of the winners from Bob Evans was a VIP brand ambassador? And I knew full well that the deadline had passed to apply. But he's like, yeah, that'd be a good look. Sure. We'll send you an email. And next thing you know, I'm one of his VIP brand ambassadors. And so from that, you're helping promote his book. And I just worked really hard to promote it because I learned a lot from him and I wanted to show my gratitude. So that opportunity um, led to continuous connections. You know, I stayed connected with Bob Evans. They um, did some promo with, with all the winners. It just kept a waterfall. Like one thing led to another. You do a good job there. They give you something else. And, you know, next thing you know, two years has passed and you've been, working with Bob Evans and you've been working with um, Damon in different capacities. And then he puts you in his book and you're sitting there sobbing, <laughs> reading and sobbing. So. Could you tell us a little bit about the Bob Evans Heroes to CEOs competition? Sure. Um, the Bob Evans Heroes to CEOs competition is part of a bigger program that they have called Our Farm Salutes. And Our Farm Salutes is a recognition of um, military service uh, they have a long history of it. Bob Evans was a uh, army, I think he was army veteran. He was a veteran of the armed forces. And so that value of service has stayed with their company the entire time. And uh, they decided to come up with heroes to CEOs because they recognize that veterans don't need um, loans, right? They've They've already sacrificed so much just trying to uh, get through each day. They already have challenges of their own. You notice when people are like, oh, let's help a small business. Let's give them a loan. Let's give them something that has interest. Let's give them something that has them, you know, um, chained to this debt for, for a long time and stressed out. So they're like, no, we're just going to give them money. And on top of that, we're going to give them mentorship because sometimes when you give people money and they've never had money, they don't know the right thing to do with it. And you can mess yourself up. You can put yourself in, in a lot of trouble if you don't know how to properly uh, spend it. So I had actually been at this conference called Military Influencer Conference. And it was the first time that they were doing it. It was out in uh, Dallas. I think it was Dallas. Yeah, it was Dallas, Texas. The Dallas, Texas went out there. And um once you attend as a, 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 I pay for a VIP, I, 
once you attend as a VIP, you get put in this Facebook group of military influencers. And it was really like kind of weird to be, have someone consider you an influencer or call you an influencer. But the, the purpose of the group was information exchange. We're the tip of the spear of information. And if there's opportunities or castings or contests or bookings or anything, like we're going to share with each other. So you have in there people like Daniel Ehlerich, CEO of Grunt Style and um, Bottle Breacher, um, CEO. Um, a lot of these guys that I used to, you know, as a military person, like that is a celebrity. And, you know, you hear how they work their way up. But I was in the group and they said, somebody needs to apply for this. It's the last day. Has anybody applied for the Bob Evans contest? And it was the last day. I I filled it out. I attached a um, Kickstarter video that I did when I first started. And I'm like, hopefully don't they don't notice I look completely different. <laughs> um, look like I was 10. Um, so I, I did that. I applied the last day and then got notified um, that I might be one of the grand prize. I'm, I'm in the running to be a grand prize winner. But then I was walking in D.C. I was in D.C. I was walking out in public. My phone rang and I normally don't answer it because it was out of town. I didn't know what the number was. It turns out it was it was Damon. Damon John called me on my cell phone. And he said, you know, congratulations, you've, you've won. And I'm, you know, it's one of those, look at your phone, like pull it away from your face and look at it because you're being punked. Like you're seriously being punked. He, he called me and told me that I won. And from there, it was just like a hundred miles an hour. They flew you out to New York. They had the uh, ceremony, you get the check. And it was like a big, like ceremonial check. But by the time I got home, it was a check for twenty five thousand dollars in my in my in my mailbox, and I called them. I said, "There's a check for twenty five thousand dollars. What do I do with it? They're like cash it and do <laughs> cash it." You know, I'm you know having the experience of going from the farm to the projects to the. This is the most money I'd ever had in cash, even being in the military. I was like, I have savings, but I make sure my savings are invisible to me because part of it was I didn't have the blessing of financial literacy nobody actually sat down and said hey let's talk about assets and liabilities hey let's talk about the stock market and and real estate there was no one in my upbringing to teach me those things so having that much money made me super nervous and when I did meet Damon he said that he said I feel compelled to tell you that you're not balling out of control money like this can disappear fast. And he told me how he blew through millions of dollars when he first, you know, reaped the success of, of FUBU and how that was a wake up call. Like when you're sitting there and you've blown through millions of dollars and you have to basically start over because your, your whole company is out of cash flow. Um, he said, and this is just 25,000. He said, so do the math. What, what creates more cash flow in your business? And I said, sauce. If I don't manufacture sauce, then there's nothing to sell. He's like, and then you need to figure out how much it costs to make more sauce because that translates to more money. Uh, so that was my experience with the Bob Evans was um, real, real fast. And it was like, it all happened so fast. I, I, 
I felt like I, I don't know what I look like on tape because I spent most time with my jaw to the floor. <laughs> That's funny. And yeah, in, in Damon's perspective, I definitely could see coming from a, a single mom having millions of dollars. You could definitely find a way to spend that. Um, but you, I mean, you started up Mutt Sauce with your car loan or your car savings. You're going to buy a BMW. Have you bought yeah. a BMW since? No, I drive a Honda. <laughs> <laughs> Um, something Damon also said that I read um, in a different interview of yours is that he mentioned, you know, to act, learn, repeat, and not to take giant leaps and kind of go one community at a time since it's a young business. Has that been hard for you to try and scale it small? Because I feel like if I were in your shoes, I don't have like the literacy, the financial literacy of a business or an entrepreneur. I'd probably just try and scale it so fast and then just won't yeah. work out. That's what he talked about in his, his book before Rising Grind called Power Broke. He said he's seen more entrepreneurs go out of business because they scale too fast. They try to be big, you know, big time too fast and they run out of cash flow. You can't be everything to everybody. And it took me a long time to get that through my, my brain uh, because, you know, I'd meet Texans and I don't know, there's not a Texan alive that I've met who hasn't said, Shalini, you bring your sauce to Texas you would do so well. And every time I look and calculate how much it costs to distribute to Texas, and if you don't have the marketing dollars to go with it, and that's the one thing I learned, it took like four years, you can increase your distribution, but if you don't have the marketing to go with it, um, you're wasting money. Case in point, I got the Kroger contract that I thought was just going to be a few stores. And they're like, no, first contract out the chute, we were going to um, put you in 89 Kroger stores. I was like, oh my God, I'm telling everybody. It was the biggest news. I was telling everybody, every podcast, every, every blog, I'm in Kroger. This is a big deal. I'm, you know, I was really feeling, feeling it. Like I felt like all my hard work was just to get into Kroger. And once I got there and I got my first check, I was like, well, this check is not as big as I thought because what happened was I got the notification of how big the purchase order was, which was a, to me, a big number. And then the distributor says, I'm going to buy it free from you for this amount. And then my food broker said, you need to set aside money to pay me. And then the, print the person who printed all the um labels and stuff they already had to get paid um then you had to think about um promotions because the food broker is going to want to do promotions so like oh let's take five grand out of that and we're going to do a promotion because you're a new product you're a new product and you're showing up in towns where you've never been so if you're in you know podunk part of ohio and they're looking at yours next to Sweet Baby Ray or, um, you know, highly recognizable brands, what's going to make them buy your sauce? You have to invest in marketing. So that big giant check from Kroger ended up being like almost nothing once I got done paying all the people who had their hand out. So other than Kroger, where else can our listeners buy Mutt Sauce? Well, I had to pivot, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic. So people are not going to the store. And this is why people are paying attention to the food industry. The food industry is being hit hard. Suppliers, 
uh, grocery stores, restaurants. The hard thing is people are, this thing has made people go back to the basics. I'm going back to the necessities. I just need water, toilet paper, diapers. Like that's their mentality. So they're not really thinking of the, let me spoil myself. And you have to convince them that you should treat yourself and get some mutt sauce, but they're also not going to go outside as much. So they're not going to go to the grocery store. So I had to pivot last, uh, it was last July. I got a good talking to by Gary V in front of a thousand people. It was nice and humbling. He, um, told me that I was running 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction. So what I needed to do was embrace e-commerce. And the fact that I had, I was doing, he asked me what percentage of, of retail I was doing in e-commerce. And I said, I'm doing about, I think it was 80%. I might be misquoting myself, but it was the majority I was doing in grocery stores and festivals and events. And then maybe like 10 or 20% e-commerce. And he just shook his head. He's like, what are you doing? Uh, no, that number is backwards. You need to be doing the majority of e-commerce. He said, because you're beholden to the retailer and you need to flip it. So now my strategy is ex- do e-commerce, mutsauce.com. You can go on there and there's no one with their handout. I can give it straight to the customer. And I don't have to worry about all these people. And um, And once you get a good following online, what happens is popular sauces and foods and stuff, they pluck them out of Instagram or out of, you know, where they found them online and they're calling them, hey, we really love this product. Thousands and millions of people are eating this and I see it every day on Instagram. I would really like to put you in our store. What can we do to get you in the store? So then you have them working for you versus you begging them. What is your most popular flavor sauce? Depends on your depends on your background, but I said our number one seller is uh, sweet and spicy. We have four. We have original, sweet and spicy, uh, ghost pepper, and gluten free. Um, the original recipe is sweet and spicy, and I call the original the original because I'm allergic to pepper, and I've never been able to have without a lot of Benadryl the other flavors. So. <laughs> Growing up, my granddad made a version that didn't have pepper in it so I could eat it. So that's the version that I called the original just so my family and I would have an inside joke that they would, um, basically they get, they got upset. They're like, that's not the original recipe. They're like, it's the only one I know. So, um, there you go. So what's your favorite uh, recipe to use with it? Oh, I just posted the other day on our Facebook. Um, I really like it on like spare ribs and stuff. I love it on spare ribs. I love it on eggs. I grew up eating it on my eggs. Uh, the thing that's different about mutt sauce than a regular old like barbecue, because we don't call it barbecue. It's just specialty sauce. Um, not too many people would take their A1 or their Sweet Baby Ray and just put it on a salad and say, you know, I don't have anything. I just have a bag of salad. People would take the bag of salad, put some mutt sauce on it, and you can have a nice salad. You can also... Uh, if you're having a hard Friday, you know, it's been a long week, you can take you some tequila or vodka. I would say actually vodka and um, put some mud sauce with it. And there you have a, a blood, bloody mutt. And uh, what else? Kids, 
you don't know what to 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 do with a, a meal you don't have any ketchup just take some french fries some corn dogs and chicken nuggets and put some original mutt sauce on it doesn't have any pepper in it so kids are free to eat that one uh you want some hot wings take the ghost pepper and put you some hot wings together that's awesome so it's it's very versatile uh, you're also now a proud partner of the, the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation, and you've pledged to help fund a scholarship, the Charlie Farrell Jr. Scholarship for Veteran Students, under your grandfather's name. What does it mean for you to be able to take his sauce recipe, build a business, and now give back under his name? Oh, well, the the whole experience is beyond my wildest dreams, and I can only hope that through uh, owning Mutt Sauce that we continue to serve, and this is just one of the the best ways that we could think of to continue serving others is to give back. And the Charlie Farrell Jr. Award is, is close to my heart. I love children. I, I'm really always looking for ways to, to help the next generation. I think that's what our why is all about is legacy. Part of that legacy is, is building up the young ones. So uh, it means a lot. And, and I'm really grateful to be able to help present this scholarship. And if our listeners wanted to help um, contribute to the scholarship fund through getting some mutt sauce, how could they do that? So if you go on muttsauce.com and you enter in AOV19, stands for Active Valor 19, uh, you can get a discount, but the discount also goes towards that scholarship and uh, proceeds will go towards the scholarship. That's awesome. And then... Uh, You've also committed, well, you're working on sponsoring a checkpoint for the Walk of Valor. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what this Walk of Valor, honoring the 22 men and women who take their lives, means to you personally as someone who served? Yes. So, you know, with that statistic, that it's heartbreaking in itself because it's been a few years since this statistic came out. We really want to do our part to help eradicate uh, veteran suicide, or at least be there uh, for our brothers and sisters, leave no man behind. And with that is this walk of valor. And we're going to sponsor a station. Um, so sponsoring a station by having some mutt sauce there. I think the checkpoint is in New York. So we just want to do our part. If anything, anything little is still contributing to the mission. And so I just want to be a part of a, a great, a great uh, event. Well, Charlinda, it's been a, it's been a blast having you on. Uh, we're, I think I speak for myself, Colin, and all our listeners. We're going to have to go get some mutt sauce right after this. Oh so, yeah. We appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you to all of our service members. I want you guys to stay safe out there. Um, really grateful for what you do. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. You too. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that. So we hope all our listeners go to muttsauce.com. That's M-U-T-T-S-A-U-C-E.com and use promo code AOV19, all one word, to get some mutt sauce and help contribute to the Charlie Farrell Jr. Scholarship. We're also honored to have two scholarships available for this coming year. The first is a scholarship for anyone in undergraduate school or high school who has at least one parent in active duty and displays a great sense of service in their school or community. The second is for a veteran who's looking to pursue further education. If you or someone you know fits this description, we encourage you to check out the requirements to see if you qualify under the education tab at our website, 
www.activevaloraward.org. Thanks again to listening to the American Valor podcast, and we hope to have you back next time. Please like, review, and subscribe to the American Valor podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to having you back.